Man, today I'm super excited. A lot of you guys know Jason Gallagher. He's with the Old Man of the Three. You guys know him from The Ringer, from anything fun you've seen on Twitter. Basically, Jason had a hand playing in it somehow. But we're talking about the Mavs offseason, Hallelujah, and then just some random characters of the NBA summer. Coming up next on Locked on Mavs. Pelanchich, and this is Locked on Mavericks don't believe you shouldn't be here oh welcome to lockdown mavs this one of your co-host isaac harris of lockdown mavs and mavs.com you guys know the drill by now if you're watching on youtube leave a comment below on youtube and if you've seen or listened to if you watch jason and isaac lee perform hallelujah in person leave a comment below or if you've Listen to Hallelujah. You got to leave a comment below. But uh, Jason, he is the star of uh, the Drew League. He is <laughs> uh, he is youth pastor Colton. He can sing and write songs. Pat Mahomes, great song. Um, Pat, what's the name of this? Song? Pat Mahomes, take me home. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Actually, people call it like seventeen different things. So it's Pat Mahomes. It's take me home, Pat Mahomes. It's take me home, Patrick Mahomes. It's whatever you want it to be in your heart. Whatever in your heart. He's the head of production at 352 Production Company. Old man in the three. Three, four, two. Three, three four, three, two. four, two. See, I can't even get it right. Three, three, four, two production company. The old man in the three. JJ Reddick, Tommy Alter. What a great pod. What what do you what's your thought? Just right off the top. What's your thoughts on this like new media stuff? I think it's awesome. I mean, I, yeah. I'm I'm it, it's it's uh I think it's really cool. I mean, I'm a big fan of like all types of media. I think um, JJ would be the first one to say that old media is a very uh, like uh, necessary thing, and uh, new media is just like uh, just kind of like another component. You know, as we yeah. advance as a human race, we need to advance in the way that we talk about our basketball. And I really, really like. Uh, that the players have a chance to, you know, voice what they think. We had uh, Alex Caruso on last week and just like, you know, hearing him sort of talk about uh, like Kevin Durant requesting a trade and everything like that. And obviously you're going to hear people say it sucks or it's great or whatever. Um, but I like, I like the fact that a player can hop on a microphone and just give a really nuanced take that isn't super emotional if he doesn't want it to be. And it's just like, this is my opinion. I played in the league all of my adult life. And here is my opinion. And um, I think that's really cool. So that's my take. We're good. Just like old media, we're going to get a lot of flavors. We're going to get a yeah. lot of, we're going to get a lot of opinions within the new media. Uh, and I think there are, it's, it just adds to a, a great chorus of discourse around, around the basketball. No, I absolutely love it. You know, I feel like Vince Carter's had his own pod for a few years. Obviously, oh, yeah. JJ's been doing his thing for a while. I feel like it like got more limelight, you know, through the playoffs and the finals, obviously, with Draymond's. And I'm like, I love it. I love the fact that I can turn on after a Warriors game and hear Draymond unfiltered on what happened in the game, good and bad. And I'm like, yeah. man, I I just I never understood the I guess I understood it by some media like, oh, they're going to come replace our jobs, you know, type thing. I'm like, it's not a replacement. It's just it's a no. supplement. It, it makes I think it makes media better. And 
I just love it. And obviously what yeah. you guys do with, you know, the old man, the three and Caruso and y'all had perk on a while back. And I'm just going to yeah. put you on the spot right off the top. And you can't say Luca. Okay. Your favorite interview, old man in the three. That's easy. It's Chris Paul. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. For, for a number of reasons. Um, but the big one being that like, you know, he and JJ have a really good relationship. They're very, very close, but they used to hate each other, like hate. Um, mm. And so there's a really rich history and there's a lot of stories and they, they know each other very, very well. And they're both kind of like basketball geniuses. And it's kind of the perfect formula for a podcast. Like, you know, one of my favorite podcasts is the watch uh, on the ringer and with Chris yeah. Ryan and Andy Greenwald. And like, the only reason why I listen to that is because their chemistry. And that's a little bit of what Chris and uh, JJ have, like they have like a, this deep chemistry where they don't even have to say anything. Um, and, and so, yeah. And I probably was a little wooed because I think he's, uh, he's a lot, He's just a very nice guy. Like he he was incredibly kind to me. Um sort of in a way that I was I was like it was not not what I expected. Um yeah. based on how I watch him play basketball. So that was like that was really cool. We've had him on twice now and both times are incredible and they're kind of evergreen. They get really deep and philosophical about the nature of winning and how how much does that actually matter in someone's life and i like when they get to that deeper like that higher plane of basketball discourse i love that and so that's that's honestly like my favorite one i kind of without a doubt yeah all right who's yeah. the worst one <laughs> <laughs> i think i appeared once in an ad read so i'm just gonna count whatever episode that was okay okay so, well y'all look for the gallagher episode and uh yeah <laughs> all right so this mavs off season what's I mean, just the overarching bigger picture for you. What's your takeaway from it so far? Christian Wood trade, Hardy, you know, trade on draft night, picking him. I feel like the fan base was was hyped. Like, oh, cool. Like, what's going? Yeah. And then we lose Brunson. Obviously, we signed JaVale. What's your thoughts on the offseason so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at like a B, you know. I don't I don't think it's a disaster to not um, – uh, resign Jalen Brunson for that amount of money. Um, but at the same time, I, it's a loss, you know, it's someone's got to be more acclimated, but I, I I'm I, the older I've gotten, the more I've, I've, I've taken on the philosophy that I'm sure a lot of front offices, which is their fans would take on, which is like, let's just wait and see. At the beginning of last season, I don't think I think if I told myself that the Mavericks would be in a position where it was like if they lost Jalen Brunson, it would feel like a huge loss. I'd be like, what? Um, and I think that there's a lot of candidates in that Mavs roster to sort of like supplement uh, the missing sort of playmaking and offense that Brunson brings. And I think it's an opportunity to actually step up the team defense. It could be like a blessing in disguise um I, I love brunson and i'm one yeah. of those weirdos who tweeted like i'll always cheer for him and like half of mavs twitter was like go to hell <laughs> um but Almost i mean that but i mean that i mean like what what a to not get an extension offer and to like you know he just played he was so professional he's so tough obviously it worked out to his advantage and i'm happy that uh like he you know gets an opportunity i mean if you can 
you can win in New York, you're a legend. If you can win one playoff series in New York, you're a legend. And like that, I think I totally see why someone would do that. Um, you know, and he's a guy who won at every level. And so why wouldn't he have the confidence to lead a team? Like it makes some sense, you know, everybody, you'll never know unless you try. And I, I'm sure that that was, that played a role in what I love too. So ultimately I, I, I like the pieces that the, the Mavs uh, brought in um, big fan of Hardy and big fan of Christian Wood. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, you know, but like, uh, you know, when you talk, we've, we've since, since the uh, off season sort of began, had a few interviews with players and the question would, would be like, Hey, it's super early, but like, who do you like next year? And like both Draymond and Caruso were like Dallas, like off the mm -hmm. bat. And it's just like a strong belief that Luca is that good. And, yeah. you know, he will get better. And until he stops getting better year after year, you've got to assume he's just going to get better. Um, and now he needs to, you know, hopefully reach a, a higher plane of basketball knowledge. Uh, like, you know, the like how to play with teammates, how to get them involved in a way that feels like they're involved in the offense and not just spot up shooting. And, and so, so yeah, I, I, I'm really, really, really optimistic. And, you know, I like, I like the coaching staff. I do. Uh, and a lot of the assistant coaches, I mean, like when I do these, these pods, like everyone's so high on the Mavs assistant coaches. Like it's crazy. Mm. Um, like, and so I think that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not by any means, um, like, I don't think we've taken a step back. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't sure. know if they've done anything to get over a hump, like, uh, you know, uh, a Warriors team and, you know, all of the other teams that are going to be coming like Denver full strength Clippers full strength, you know, the Suns will exist. Um, yeah. and then obviously the Warriors. And, uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it feels like there's going to be more competition, but I don't think that the Dallas Mavericks got any worse by any means. Yeah. And and we'll see if they got better. Uh, I think that it's a very, very real possibility. They'll be looking at the roster, you know, at all-star break. And we'll be looking at like um, the record and be like, dang, like that's a team that's like really got it together. So, yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Talking Mavs. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs in Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check out in all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so I don't know if you've seen today. Um, Brunson had his intro presser with the Knicks, mm -hmm. and him literally up on the stage saying, "I thought I would spend my whole career in Dallas." I'm like, "All right, just you know, this twist the knife a little <laughs> bit more uh, in me here and all that." But you know, I I love your optimism in that you know a little bit ago, like you don't think they took a step back. Where where do you see them like in the West right now? Now, obviously, they can make a move you know, anytime over the next few weeks. Yeah. But in the West, do you see them as a play-in team? Do you see them still in the top six, top four? 
What do you think? I, I have them in like kind of a tier two, uh, yeah. like range in the West, you know, like sports are just so crazy. And, and that, that Suns Mavs series became a, you know, uh-huh. a winner go home for both teams. And it very easily could have gone the other way. If Phoenix had played like they had at any other point in the last several years in Phoenix against Dallas. So it's kind of an, an insane thing. And I think it would be a mistake, you know, to assume that they're just this, you know, top, top, top tier. I think Caruso, when he was on and JJ both were like, they're sleeper picks. Like that's what they call them. And you don't call tier one teams sleeper picks. You know, they, you know, um, I think between Golden State, I still, I mean, I, I, it's, this is controversial, but I think Phoenix still is sort of like an upper echelon, like probably still a favorite above Dallas, at least on paper with losing Brunson. And then, and then obviously the Clippers and I have, I'm like really bullish on Denver. Um, so yeah, I find them in the, in the sort of middle, like I could see, I could see them in the, in the sort of Denver range. Um, you know, and, and what's, you know, what's interesting about these, these seasons that it seems like injuries playing such a huge role in it. And, uh, so we'll see. I I mean, I think it's, I think that their range of possibility is kind of endless. You know, I think that they, they have so much chemistry now, like a bunch, a bunch of those dudes have so much chemistry now and with full training camp, Denwitty with Hardaway back, like they're, you know. There's a lot to look forward to. I'm not full blown like Hardaway's healthy and that's like a that what did he say? That was that was wild. like a free but, agent. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like a free agent signing. Um, <laughs> but but it is like it is an addition to something that we didn't have last year. And that's what's so funny about these NBA seasons, man. Is it's like, you know, I think I tweeted this at one point, but it's like at the beginning of last season, you know, if if you know, we tell you that like that that. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be gone. Chris Stapp's forcing is going to be gone. Like I went to my parents' house a couple of weeks ago and they still had their magnet up, their season <laughs> magnet. And it was like Luke in the middle, KP to the left, Tim Hardaway Jr. to the right. And it's like both those dudes were gone. And that yeah. team went to the Western Conference Finals. So it's like, um, I, would, I just like to say that out loud to Mavs fans that are super, super worried. And there's still, I still think that there's moves to make. Yeah. yeah. Um, so very up. I, I'm saying I'm very optimistic about that. Going on. They got in. rid of they got rid of the leadership council. So uh and then <laughs> okay, who if if a Woj bomb dropped right now and said the Dallas Mavericks have traded for which one of these players would bring the 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 best tweet from you? Westbrook or Kyrie? Oh my god. Probably Westbrook because Kyrie, I don't Kyrie, I, I don't find funny, you know, <laughs> you're like, like it's past I, the point of funny anymore. No, it's not funny. And I don't think I would have anything good to say. And I <clears throat> am a pretty notorious uh, Westbrook defender. And so Ooh, I didn't know this about you. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Big, 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 big time. Um, let me go. Allow me to go off on a little rant. Oh, I believe do. that I, I don't understand NBA Twitter, but for some reason, they have completely done a revisionist history on his career and his career is awesome. Awesome. Okay. And he has won with a lot of teams and he has got teams to a lot of places. And when you, again, I take a lot of um, stock into what these players say. And it's not just, it's not just that he's an amazing teammate. It's that 
when he was on those Oklahoma City Thunder teams that were going deep in the playoffs, making conference finals, that were making NBA finals, players on those teams were like, that's our leader. You know what I mean? Like he was their emotional leader. He was, and that matters that you can't qualify that stat. And maybe that's why he's tried so hard to break every triple double record in the world. Cause he is this emotional leader and you cannot really quantify that. And so um, I love what Russ and every, you know, I, I'll read really, really smart people say things like he's never won at a high level or he's never done this or that. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I think I think that that's like unfair, and those especially those early Thunder teams um, that were like kind of like they made the finals and then they were hit year after year with some sort of pretty significant injury that kind of killed their season. Whether it was it was Russ or KD, um, and so yeah, I'm big Russ defender. And then so, so you want him in Dallas? No, no, relax, <laughs> um, relax. This I'm just is going to be the title of the pod now. Why Russell Westbrook needs to be in Dallas with Jason Gallagher. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll own it. But I'm just saying, like, he's dragged a lot of teams to playoffs. Um, I, I understand what the Lakers had in mind when they traded for him. It obviously did not work out. But, like, every year prior, he had basically dragged teams that didn't have great rosters to the playoffs. And so he's durable. Like, that's kind of his biggest, like, strength is that he's this – tank and he never runs out of energy and at the very least if you want to rest your superstars or if you have anthony davis who's fragile as hell um then you can get like a really durable player who might be able to drag it obviously it didn't work for la and you know he seems to have issues with taking on lesser roles um but you know i think he'll eventually do it it, it reminds me a lot of carmelo in a way where it's like mm. Carmelo was really, 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 really resistant to taking on a role player role. And once he did, he became beloved. Um, like he was, he was finding a lot of success. Um, I mean, he, like he couldn't sign with the team, which is sort of insane, like a few yeah. years ago. So and all that to say is that per, Russ's personality, I like, I apparently he's an awesome locker room presence. Like every teammate loves him except for Kevin Durant. Like I would take that over, uh, freaking guy who uh, like yeah kind of leaves a like a trail behind him of regret you know what i yeah. mean um and I, I again i don't like talking about guys like personalities per se but like yeah. you know it's it, it, it usually doesn't work out with Kyrie, like in, in a pretty significant way so you, you made a great case for russ in dallas that's a no all i'm saying look i'm not saying do you think you would fit with luca you you gave me a, a rock and a hard place here and all i'm saying <laughs> is that i'm choosing a rock all right, I'm choosing somebody who we know would show up to training camp and play the basketball games. How about that? I'm going to SEO the crap out of this title. And be I'll like, take it. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic in Dallas? Question mark. Coming up next with Jason Gallagher. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's take uh, one more quick break, and then we'll come back. And I got to ask about how Luka and uh, how that came to be. Sure. Okay. Hallelujah. It became a worldwide sensation pretty quick. It resulted in you guys flying to Dallas and performing it during, I was at this game in the press box, just oh, cool. amazed at the arena, the cell phones up with the lights, live hallelujah. How did it come to be? I, I went back and reread the athletic story. Also, obviously Tim wrote a story in you guys and yeah. it was great. Just how did it come to be? And how quick was it that you and Isaac Lee, you're both at the ringer at the time, right? Mm -hmm. 
and correct. this song came to be. Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of funny. I don't think we had done a song before that, Isaac Lee and I. Um, and but we we had that's not true. We had done something with a choir for NBA desktop once before. And so he and I, we sort of became friends. And uh, I had written this song. I'd, ri I'd written it quick. Like it was one of those really weird things where every time I'm writing, doing one of these parody songs, it's, I always say if I can write it in like less than 10 minutes, that's how I know it's good. Um, and that's what this was. It was like easy, 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 done, done, done. I sent it to, well, I actually had thought for two seconds if I should sing it. Uh, and then quickly realized the answer is no. Um, cause, cause when you have a voice like Isaac Lee's, it's great. So I hit him up. Um, and I, I think we, we, we made it very, very quickly. Uh, and then just, and then I, I designed the graphic and did the video and then put the words on the screen and then just hit publish kind of went about my day. And then somebody, somebody sent me a, a radio clip, like within four hours and like Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr had gone on the radio and been like, have you heard this Hallelujah thing? And like, that was like the first time I was like, oh my gosh, people are like, what, what is happening? And then we noticed that had sort of blown up on, um, on the old, uh, uh, Twitter and YouTube. And, um, yeah, from there it was awesome. And then we very quickly came up with a, with the band name with a fake band name. It was, it was Jason Concepcion who, um, who had named us. And then, and then, you know, Mike, uh, what's his name? Machine. Um, yeah. Mike Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Marshall reached out and said, I, I have a crazy idea for you, but would you guys consider performing it at the arena? And I was like, uh, I know I would, but I'm not going to be the one performing it because I don't do anything musically on it. Um, and, and so I had to talk Isaac Lee into it. And that was kind of a battle. He was very resistant at first. He was like, no, like, I, like, I don't want to, like, I'm not even a Mavericks fan, like whatever. And I was like, dude, come on. Like, this would be so fun, whatever. And so we get there and he's like hyperventilating. It's so funny. We, <laughs> I eventually get him to talk him into it. So we go down and, and he is having a real hard time and we do sound check and I'm sure you read the article, but like, you know, we had to sound check while the opponent was on the floor. It was a lot of drama around that. And then I learned the your guy, Chris thing. Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and freaking what's like, uh, what's the name? The guy who does the radio for the Mavs. Uh, Coop. Coop was pissed. <laughs> Coop was yelling at us. Like he, he was just like coming at us, like turn it down, shut it off. And that's what I learned. The Like that the in arena entertainment people have, uh a lot of freaking power over games and they were like absolutely not we got to do this now and um i'm like seeing this all happen and isaac lee just has headphones and has his eyes closed and he is like none the wiser he's just singing his ass off <laughs> um so it was very funny and then right before you know i told isaac it's like no big deal man like i put on a wig i fake play guitar it was great um, I had no idea how the arena would react. I thought for sure, like, I, I don't know. It's like, you've been to games, like some, some things like are just corny. And so I was like, is this going to be perceived as corny? I don't know. Let's see. Um, but whenever, uh, you know, I saw the, the phones and stuff like that, and then people were laughing at some of the lyrics, I was like, oh, okay, so this is good. At the same time, I was like, man, it must be so weird to be one of these players that isn't Luca on the floor. Like, yeah, even his teammates, I, I'm sure they're like, <laughs> what is happening right now? Like, and so, um, 
and so since that so that had happened and he had a, he was having a terrible game like an awful 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 game and um like oh like something like two for like 15 or something crazy and at halftime tim mcmahon walked up to me and was like you know they're gonna blame you for this and i was like <laughs> and it was like a national tv game too and i was like oh and so um and then he came he like kind of single-handedly brought Dallas back from like 15 down in the fourth and they won the game. I mean, you were there. It was a crazy game. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards we got to meet him and he was like, I was say, was how like, was that? What did, what did he say to you? Uh, he said, thank you for my song. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then that was it. And then, and then, um, you know, since then they still use the graphic in the, in the games and people, still will send you know like videos of their their kids singing it not knowing what leonard cohen leonard cohen's version <laughs> which is hysterical to me and and a little insulting to the to the cohen estate um but yeah no it was so fun dude uh, uh like uh, i don't know it was it was a, it was a blast that that night was was very fun and since then i've talked to mark cuban a couple times and he's just like if if there if we ever win that's that that's you guys coming back for the parade and you know it's it's uh i don't know it's it's one of those really fun weird things it's like I, i've been a fan of this team my whole life i kind of did as a bit and i just turned into like a really fun thing so well it's wild because it's such a you know a classic song and such a yeah. big song and now anytime i ever hear it on anything i'm, yeah. I'm sure like a lot of listeners are like that's i think of how to look at now and yeah. it's like oh, all right yeah it's pretty funny it's like um I don't know how like the internet works, but it's just like, you know, it's just funny that like you can type in Hallelujah in Google and it's just like lyrics come up and then it, it like it doesn't autocorrect to Hallelujah for me yeah. anymore. I just think <laughs> that's like insane. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it, it's it, it's definitely been fun. It's like, like I said, it's just a a weird like fun fan thing, you know? Yeah. In the in the story with uh, with Cato and the athletic. Uh, he said that you texted Isaac Lee, I guess the night before and you're like, Hey, I, I, this is going to like blow up. And this is like your, your prediction. And I was like, Oh, Nostradamus here. So to tie it into this current Mavs team, since your predictions come true, what's your, uh, what's your big Mavs prediction for, uh, this, this off season, any more right. moves? Okay. One, my predictions do not come true. Okay. <laughs> that one but did. One it blew up. Okay. Okay. So I have, I have had things come true, but, uh, as a person who, you know, part of his job is to attempt to make viral things. Um, I can say it more than likely does not work out <laughs> and you, you just got to keep on trying. Um, but in terms of predictions, yeah, I, I think, I think a really, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't like predictions. Uh, I'll say this, I'll say, I think Luca wins MVP this year. Ooh, that's good. I know that's like lame, but but I think that I think that this is his year to do it because I think people will be a little tempered from last year. Um, yeah. you know, there's so much hype for him going into the season. I'm sure there will be again, but um but you know, it's like last year he was he fell victim to a, an insane narrative and i fought with so many people about it on twitter it was oh. awesome i love fighting with people on twitter but um you know he fell victim to this narrative that he was just like so bad at the beginning of the season and it's well, just bill like, simmons leading the charge on this one i'm like come on like 
I don't work there anymore. I don't work there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, in in all seriousness, I was like, uh, you know, it was just like it was it was crazy because he he was he was you know that it's just it's just a story like the MVP is a story and it is narrative driven. And I've talked about it with JJ. I talked about it with all these ESPN people, and it's like, you know what? Once a, once something like that happens, that people just run with it. And so it matters that in the middle of the season, people were saying like, you know, I'm gonna list my MVP candidates. It's gonna be Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, DeRozan, Steph, Booker, Tatum, Ja, maybe Luca. Like I would read like NBA.com stuff like in the middle of. February, March, and he would be like eighth or ninth, which was yeah. such an overcorrection to how the year started. And it didn't make any sense because he was like playing better than most of those guys, maybe outside of the top three. You know what I mean? Um, he he his win percentage when he was on the floor was outstanding. His scoring, his passing, his rebounding, all of it better than the rest. And it was just like didn't make sense. I was just like, this isn't even this isn't even like close, in my yeah. opinion. So um and so once that happens, you're just like out. And so this year, I think people will come in with more tempered expectations. There's actually more candidates this year heading into the year, I think, between Steph, Steph's resurgence, you know, Booker's still really effective, Jaws obviously on the map. Um, and then you have the top three from last year, the three big guys. Yeah, it's going to be in Kawhi and like, it's it's going to be like really crowded. And so I think it's, if Luke... If, plays similar to last year but maybe even a little better i totally think he can win mvp yeah because i think people will naturally put dallas kind of in in that play-in range to where if he plays so well that he pulls him into that like top four or five it will sure. be he'll have some crazy numbers and all that but um big characters of the offseason in the nba just as someone who just loves content when you watch brian winhorst the the monologue did you not just like enjoy every moment of it i did i loved it so much and i hated it because i was on vacation and i wanted to do so much more with it and i couldn't and in fact i do have a photo um that i made and and by the time i was like so i was in the smoky mountains when this happened so i wasn't like had bad reception and all this stuff and like a week had gone by and i had had this photo that i was like ready to tweet it was him and true detective or whatever and i was like too much time has passed but I'll tell you this, Brian Windhorst, that was like, that was MVP shit. I can't, I don't know if I can say that, but that was MVP stuff. It was awesome because we are in the dredges of the season. Just like, uh, get me to the freaking training camp already. You know, like we're in that zone where I can feel it as a content creator. Um, I can feel it when I watch like first take and, and you know, when you publish videos on YouTube, people just like, I care a little less than normal. Um, you know, we're talking about the Pistons. Like, it's it's bad out there in these streets. And here comes this, like, freaking knight in shining armor, freaking Brian Windhorst just coming in like, like, like freaking true detective. It's just, like, absolutely crushing it. And, ah, the delivery. I don't know. It was, like, The delivery was. Oh, I, they, oh, this is the part where I'm, like, literally, like, and what are the sports Emmys for if not for moments like that? I mean, if he's I, not, if the if the ESPYS don't recognize him, it's a failure. All total of it. failure. <laughs> I don't know if they. I legitimately believe this. I, there, 
if the Emmys don't recognize him, <laughs> then damn it, something's wrong <laughs> with the world. It's so good. It's so good. And everybody else played it perfectly because they just didn't know what was happening. They were yeah. like, what am I supposed to say? It is. <laughs> it's just like, he's just like, so why? And they're like, well, I don't know, man. You're yeah. talking. <laughs> You're the one talking. Um, oh, it's so cocky and good. And I just like, I wish I, I wish someday I had, could have the hubris to take over the way that he took over. That was just like amazing. What's the, what's the funniest moment you've had in a old man in the three recording? Uh, I'm trying to think of what I could say. <laughs> One that um, was actually on the podcast that people heard. <laughs> oh, on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite moments that wasn't on the podcast was that JJ likes to fake ask first questions and basically ask people like the one thing that they would never want to answer, you know? And so oh. the funniest one he ever did was with Jason Tatum. And I won't say what it said, but he asked it in a very sincere way. And Tatum's just such a mild manner, quiet guy. And his eyes just got so big. Like I could not answer that. And like, it was. He's like, so why do you hate Boston? Why do you want to leave Boston? No, you know, it wasn't quite that way. You can, your fans can guess what he said, um, but it was amazing. Um, and, uh, but actually on the podcast, that's a great question. I, I, I'm going to go back to my, my original answer because it's a clip that went really viral for us on TikTok and Snapchat and everything like that. And it was when Chris Paul started talking about his, Chris Paul and JJ talked about their history. It was so freaking funny because the, how bad they hate each other. And they're both mm. like really intense guys and they, their hatred was so deep. So they would talk about like their very first game, like JJ punched him or Chris Paul like punched him in the nuts. JJ slapped him in the face. Like they, and they're telling that story. And it's so good. But the they they have like four different stories and they tell them kind of back to back to back. And then Chris Paul tells the last story and he goes, you know, um, I had, you know, do you remember? He goes, do you remember when I came up to you in Orlando and, and you see JJ kind of put his head down like this? And, and Chris goes, you know, I, I uh, saw you like I had just won rookie of the year and you were sitting in a suit on the magic bench. And so I just walked up to you and I said, it's a whole lot different than college, ain't it? And like they both just started dying laughing. Um, <laughs> so I really love that moment. I love Luke. I honestly love Luca's interview so much because oh, so JJ, JJ played with him and they're like weirdly close for how little they play together. But um, JJ always said that Luca was hands down the most playful player he's ever played with like absolutely behaves like like a like a kid in a in a in a playground um he always would say luca at play like he always says that to me um like and i once asked him i was like do you think luca could screw around and win an nba title because like you know because that's his whole vibe he's like yeah. I, I actually think he could um you know, and so, so anyways, JJ was like, I, what is, um, they had asked Luca what his favorite shot, what his most meaningful shot was. Okay. And they kind of had listed all these examples. You know, you've had all these game winners. You've had the one against the Clippers. You had that awesome, you know, leaning forward shot against the Grizzlies game winner. You know, what's the most meaningful shot of your career? And he's, and he's, and he just sort of sits back and he's like thinking, and then he just goes, uh, warm up. He says warm up. There's one during warm up, and I like threw the ball really, really high in the air. 
and it bounced and then it went in and, and, and nobody got it on camera. And like Jay, you see JJ just going like, I like you are a child. Like it was yeah. so funny. And he was just like, and he kind of looks at me and he's like, see, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like he doesn't think about basketball that way. He thinks about it in a, in a, in a very pure way. And yeah. uh, so that was fun too. <laughs> y'all had a moment the other day where y'all talking about a uh, Hito peeing on somebody. And I now I can't remember. I listened to it and I can't remember. P, he, he wanted to pee on JJ. Grant I was Hill like, was wasn't Grant Hill. Say, yeah, Grant Hill was talking about really? it. It wasn't Grant Hill. No, Grant Hill was like, we want, we were trying to haze you because we hated you so much. And then we tied you to a thing. And Hito kept trying to, kept saying, let's pee on him. And Grant <laughs> Hill was like, I like basically held him back. Um, and JJ had no idea. He was like, what? Like, you know. So that's pretty funny. But and I'll I'll say I'll share one more. Kirk, Perkins had about three or four moments uh that were pretty freaking funny. Um he talked about he talked about his beef with Draymond and about how he's like, I'm 300 pounds and you know, <laughs> I'm 300 pounds and I'm happy and I sleep, you know, with the thermostat at 65 with a fan blowing in my face. I'm not beefing with nobody. And then when he talked about like he talked about like how he wished LeBron had tore his ACL. Oh my gosh. Did you hear this one? No, no, I haven't. Oh, he was just I, I sitting there. I'm not the, the clip, biggest per, the per clip fan is, in the world. Dude, the clip is unbelievable because he's like, so JJ loves him because it's just like, he's such a lovable guy when you meet him. And he's like very, very like a team player. And he will say, he will say the worst take ever. If a, if a producer's like, we need that, we need that to be counter to whatever somebody else thinks and be like, all right, whatever. Um, but, but he had said, he was talking about the, you know, playoff battles he's had with LeBron. And he was like that he is the only player that I ever like got on my knees and prayed would tear his ACL. And like, <laughs> you see JJ like look at a camera and he goes, you can't say that. And he goes, yeah, I can. And then he goes, we're going to have to cut this. And then Perk like looks at the camera and he's like, no, don't cut this. This is real. <laughs> and JJ goes, well, maybe a sprained ankle. And and Perk is like, Perk's like, no, I had to make sure. <laughs> that's just really funny. I don't know. I mean, it's that's terrible. So cool. but at the same time, it's like, I love the honesty. I can appreciate the honesty. It, yeah. And it's honestly, it's just like a testament to LeBron. <laughs> Somebody yeah. would get on their knees and pray that they break their AC or tear the ACL. So. Is there is there an upcoming interview that you could tease or no? I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, he can't I'm, tease it. You got to subscribe though. We can all Yeah, subscribe. yeah, you should because because it the, the next 6 weeks uh are going to be fire. That's Let's that's go. my that's all I got. Um it's going to be really good and um I mean really, anybody really you excited. bring on it. Anybody you bring on at this point is like must listen. It's like all right. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty good. Listen. I mean like um you know, he's just got, he's just in such a good, you know, place in terms of his relation to the rest of the league. You know, his peers are very interesting. The players just above him are really interesting. The young guys look up to him. It's a perfect yeah. situation. So, and, 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 and Russ on, I would love, I would love that. Like <laughs> as an actual, like I would love a Russ interview because I think he's genuinely one of the most, uh, like, uh, again, misunderstood players in the NBA. And yeah. I, I hate that he has such, I hate that he makes such bad decisions. I, I really, as a fan of his, and as somebody who's been like literally like, 
at the ringer. I, I, there have been times where like me and like one other coworker is just like freaking defending him with all our might. And, uh, and he, and he really let us down last year. Well, I'm going to shoot you a message when the Mavs trade, you know, Tim Bertons and Dwight Powell for Russ, uh, I'll shoot you a message for that. And so what's the proposal there? <laughs> I, I just joked Tim Bertons and, and Dwight Powell. I'm not saying no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sleeping on it. At the very least, I'm sleeping on it. <laughs> okay, Jason, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Yes. Thank you for Hallelujah, all the fun stuff on uh, on Twitter that you provide. And obviously, guys, follow him on Twitter. You see it on YouTube. I have it up on the screen. And most of you are probably already subscribed to The Old Man in the Three. But if you're not, subscribe to it on any platform. And you say you're on TikTok, too. We are on TikTok. Oh, um yeah i don't run yeah. that um but uh <laughs> I, I started saying, a, I, <laughs> I started a tiktok and i do not understand it at all because i was like <laughs> and i'm not i'm not trying to sound like an old man i'm just saying like i don't understand the variance it, it like ways that certain videos succeed and certain one other ones don't it's like this it is just like a roller coaster ride whereas our youtube it's you know there's a steadiness to it but yeah. like TikTok, it's like this video got six million views. This video got a hundred and twenty, and you're like, "Why? I don't get it. I hate yeah. you." Um, so somebody else runs that now. Um, but still, subscribe to that because it is very good. And on the YouTube page this week, um, we are doing like a little like a uh, vlog, travel vlog. JJ and I did a little thing on uh, the Thunder, and I think it's pretty good. It's a little, it's pretty unique. So uh, subscribe if only for that. Hey, I love their their offseason, their uh, their draft. So uh, I'm going to go watch that actually when we get off here. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, it hasn't published yet. Oh, okay, okay. And like tomorrow or the next day, or I guess okay. for your audience today or the whatever. Yeah, you get it. This you week. Get it. This week, by the end of the week. All right, I appreciate it, Jason. Thank you. Thank you.